This is Gregory with the Moreno Valley Public Library. Coming up, Adult Services Librarian Charmaine interviews local author Anna Christian. Hello, everyone. Welcome to MVPL Presents, the podcast of the Moreno Valley Public Library. And today we have a special guest with us, local author Anna Christian. So thank you, Anna, for being here. <laughs> thank you. Yes. Thank you for the invitation. Appreciate You're very it. welcome. Will you please tell us a little more about yourself for our listeners who aren't familiar with you? I'm a retired uh, educator. Once I retired, I became a full-time author. And eventually, um, I, I have a lot of other hobbies, which gets in the way of being an author, too. But I guess, in a, in a sense, it might even help. I like to travel. I like to play the guitar. I like to sing. I like to just uh, garden, all various things. So that's a little bit about me. <laughs> when I have time, I'll write. That's wonderful. <laughs> Sounds like a secret talent, being able to play guitar. <laughs> I've been doing that for a long time. That's wonderful. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I know you talked a little bit about it, but what exactly made you want to become an author? And can you remember when did you first start writing? Like, were you a kid when you started writing? No, it's it's fascinating. I started, oh, I hate to say how long ago because it really, uh, going back to the time when people were writing poetry all over the place, and then I started, I was working full time, but then uh, one of the one of my colleagues was writing poetry. And uh, and I felt like I could do that too, <laughs> so I started writing poetry and eventually writing, uh, trying to write, you know, writing magazine articles and sending them out and writing manuscripts and so forth. But what made me become an author was was uh, in one of the workshops that I took was with Frances Williams. Her life was so fascinating, and I would go up there every Sunday and write down, you know, and and be part of her her um, her workshops. The people that she talked about, like James Baldwin, W.B. Du Bois, and all these people that I knew of, and I'm sitting there listening to this fascinating la- lady, and so I asked her if I could write her, if I could write her biography. Mm-hmm. So I started working with her on her biography. She said, sure, just bring a tape recorder. So I started working with her on her autobiography. Other people had tried, but they dropped out. Suddenly I became committed to writing her biography, and I you know, drive and go up there and see her every Sunday. And uh, eventually she's, you know, I started sending it out because it was so important to send it out to traditional, the traditional right where you write, where you write a query and a proposal and so forth. And so that's, that led to me becoming an author. Uh, once I, once we'd finished the book or she had died before, and then I kept going and, uh, and eventually the book was published and I became an author. That's amazing. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, she was fascinating because she said, you better get this book up before I die. (laughs) That was the impetus, you know, because of her, you know, her insistence. I think it's amazing that other people try to write her biography and never complete it. And you were the one to complete the project and that Frances trusted you to write her information and record it in a book. So I think that's really beautiful. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah, she, yeah, she really motivated me because she would always say, just do it. 
And, and her philosophy was you get to the door, you don't turn the knob, you don't go in, you don't sit down at the table. And so with that as a premise, you know, I, I felt like I had to do it and I had to get it out. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. Thank yeah. you for sharing. You're welcome. So I know a lot of authors really struggle with writer's block. Right. Like they just don't know what to write. They're stuck. Yeah. So how do you handle that when you have writer's block and you're not sure what to write next? I, I think that I write journals and I've been writing journals for years and years. And I think in writing a journal, there's always something to write about. That because if you're writing about your experiences, you're writing about your uh, uh, other people that you interact with. Uh, and if you, go, if you write a journal, that can help you to overcome writer's block. At least it can help you, at least to get started, because you have all kinds of, of, of material there that you can turn into whatever it is that you want to write. I think I heard someone say that sometimes if you just sit right down, sit at the table and you have a blank sheet of paper and you just start typing anything whatsoever, that sometimes that can overcome writer's block. That's useful. Yeah, I used to write in a journal, so uh-huh. I think that would be yeah. very useful for authors to get their thoughts out and right. get ideas spinning in their head. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And, and it can also uh, make you, uh, writers have to be observant. And I think uh, if you're observant and you write it in your journal, a lot of times you can um, uh, you can pull things out and maybe you know if you try to write something a description of a character, and uh, you if it, writing in your journal you can always go back if you're observant of, of people that you've met you can pick up some of the characteristics and various things like that to help you to you know so journal writing I really recommend that. So what do you need in your writing space to stay focused? So, for example, do you like to have like a snack or a drink while you're writing? And is there a particular time of day you like to write, like late at night or early in the morning? My main problem is that I pile so much junk on my (laughs) desk that sometimes it gets in the way. So as you're clearing a way to write and you see something that you need to, a bill that you need to pay, or you see something that you need to get out of the way. So sometimes I'll just grab all the stuff that I have on my desk and toss it over to the side in order to get to my computer. As far as the time of day, uh, uh, I think any time, but the time that I usually prefer to write is late at night. After all my shows are over, because <laughs> I watch a lot of TV. So after all my shows are over, you know, then I'll, I, I'll say, turn the TV off, and then I'll sit down and write. And then once I sit down at the computer, things will come, and eventually I'm writing and writing. So it's, yeah, even if it's just a line, even if it's a paragraph or whatever. But yeah, my best time is, is uh, time of day is, is at, at, say, about 11, 11 o'clock at night. And also, I think... Uh, sometimes I have to take a vacation. I have to get away from everything at home and maybe go somewhere and write. You know, and I'll give give myself a vacation. Take take about a week, go someplace, check into a motel or wherever, and write every day when I get as soon as I get up. So that's that's a good good. idea. I've heard yeah. of some authors doing that, kind of like a writer's retreat. Yeah, They'll just go off on their own, right? Somewhere and just focus on writing. Yeah. So I, that, that will get me to really, you know, really focusing on my writing. And that way I'm not bothered by all the other clutter that comes into your life, the telephone <laughs> ringing or someone calling you to asking you to do this and so forth. So I usually um, uh, do my writing. If I can take a week off, I'll just go and go somewhere. 
Yeah, there are a lot of writing retreats that you can go to. There are organized retreats. I'm not sure how that works. I have, you know, I, I haven't investigated that, but I like to just go off and just go off and write. I know there are some authors out there who really like a detailed outline yeah. for their book. They want to know exactly what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, but other authors prefer to just write spontaneously. They Maybe they don't have a clear plot, or yeah. maybe they do have a plot, but they just jump writing different scenes at different times. So yeah. what is your writing style? Do you like to write spontaneously or... Do you like to have an outline for when you write? I, I usually make an outline, but I don't always stick to it, though. But I'll write an outline because that gives me a focus as to what it is I want to do. When I first started writing, I got this book on how to write a novel. And each chapter, they told you what to do. Do this, do that, do this, do that. And what is your intention? Uh, and what do you want your goals? And I used to go through all of that. Now what I do is, is I have an idea and, and I write an outline, you know, a, a kind of loosely based outline. And I'll do a character because I think character development is so important. So I'll do a lot of research on character. And, and, and if you write a character dossier, you want to know everything you want to know about that character, as well as other characters, your antagonist, your protagonist. And sometimes, you know, even if you don't use it, but, but the more you know about that character, the better you can delineate that character, the better that character can come out. And maybe something about that character, even going into the character's background uh, in terms of where they grew up, what high school, what high school they went to, you're making it up. Uh, your relationship between the family, uh, what colors that character, you know, you might not use it, but you never know because it's all sort of going into your subconscious so that when you start writing about that character and developing that character, that comes in, you know. You, you want a three D, you know, three dimensional picture of that character. So that's pretty much, you know, what I do. Uh, it, though, as I said, I write an outline, but I don't always stick to it because I'm writing a novel now that I had an idea as to where I was going. I had the beginning, middle, and end. But then, as I'm writing it, I'm adding other characters, and I'm taking her somewhere where I don't know whether it's that where the character is taken over. But uh, and I'm finding even more interesting things about it. I'm also finding descriptions and places that I'm putting this character in that I need to research and I need to go into, you know, background information about that character that I didn't hadn't done in the beginning. So I know you have also written a children's picture book called yeah. The Big Table. Mm -hmm. So would you say it's more of a challenge to write a children's book or to write a book that's intended for adults, for an adult audience? Uh, what's interesting is that the, the way the big table comes in is that I was in Francis's, Francis Writer's Workshop. Oh. And, uh, and we had to do all kinds of, they would give us different assignments. And so I wrote the big table uh, for the workshop. It was only four pages, but Francis said she wanted to make it into a play. And she also wanted to wanted to have it illustrated, and so she had some she had artistic friends, and so she wanted to introduce me to Vanette Honeywood, Vanette Honeywood, to illustrate the book. We never sort of we never got together on that one, but she did put the play. It was a play at her theater. She had a theater on exposition, and so she had me write it in dialogue form, and and she produced it up at her theater. As a result, later on, years later, I decided to make it into a picture book. So that's mm. what I did. I, I wrote it out, those four pages, and my son illustrated it. 
and we, you know, finally published it. Writing for children, it's a, it's a, it's a different thing. You know, it's a different bag. Because mm -hmm. I write, I've written um, a series called uh, Bobby and Sunny Mysteries, and that's for preteens. That's writing a picture book is one thing. You know, it, uh, you don't have that much stuff in a picture book. You know, you have it. Maybe, uh, like I said, mine was like four pages. But then when I started writing the uh, for preteens, for a little older, then what you have to watch out. It's no longer a children's book, but you have to worry about, and it's no longer, and it's not an adult book. So you have to worry about your uh, keeping yourself in the um, perspective of a child. If you're writing for children, you have to keep the dialogue to where uh, children could read it. You, uh, you, and when you're writing for young adults, you have to see the dialogue and, and everything the situations the way a, a preteen or a young adult or an adult. So as I when I wrote my first series of Bobby and Sunny Mysteries, I was writing it from an adult point of view. And so when an editor looked at it, they said, adults don't I mean, you know, you can't use these three syllable <laughs> dial, you know, three syllable words for, for, for young people. So you have to know how to narrow it down and to and to get into the character of a child or get into a character of a preteen. What is it that they say? get into a character of a young adult, how do they relate to each other? And so all of those things you have to take into consideration when you're writing a children's book or, or a, a young adult book or an adult book. So vocabulary is really important. That's also important about keeping up with uh, what's going on today and how, how children relate and how young adults and how teenagers relate to each other. Because if you're writing for teenagers, then you have to know their, their dialect. You know, you have to know what they say, the expressions that they use and so forth. I know in addition to being an author, you're also an editor and you've been publishing yes. your own books. So mm -hmm. will you please tell us a little about your experiences being an editor and a publisher and what exactly inspired you to start your own publishing company? Being an editor, I think, well, there are different types of editors, you know, and so uh, uh, revising, and you have a copy editor that really pays attention to all the, you know, all of the the, the grammar and, and uh, punctuation and all of those things. But then if you go up to be a developmental er editor and uh, there's a content editor, there's different types of editing, I usually uh, send my work, because I think it's difficult for an author to be in to edit it, you know, his or her own work. And so it's a good idea to get an outside editor, someone with fresh eyes that can look at your work and see it as it's written on it on the paper. Uh, so I always I have an editor that I send my work out to and have her have her edit it. Uh, if you have some sometimes friends editing might not be a good I mean they they can look at your work and they can go through it and things like that. But the different types of editing that you're looking for you might need someone who is more experienced and so forth. Uh, as far as publishing, the way I got into publishing is that I would send, when I first started writing, I would send out my manuscripts to, uh, uh, to uh, various agents. And, and, uh, and so, because usually, if you're going the traditional route, you have, to, uh, you have to query first time. Well, first of all, you have to find someone uh, publishers or editors that uh, agents that do your type of work. You know, you wouldn't send a children's book to someone that only publishes National Geographic. You know, so you have to really do your research if you're going the traditional route. 
And you also, and and to get agents, you ha- there are certain agents that only deal with certain, certain types of, of books. And so you have to do your research there. And then once you do that, you send them a query. And, what, and if they like your work, and a query is just a one-page letter. Once you send your query out, if they like it, they'll say, hey, I want to see more. You know, and, and then you can, you know, they'll have, their, they'll have their outline, their guidelines as to what it is that they take. So I was sending things out, querying and so forth. And, of course, you know, sometimes you go through a long time. The old way is you send the, you send the manuscript, you send the query out, and so you're paying postage and everything. You're sending it to all different different editors uh, and agents. And then uh, then if you hear back them, you're lucky. Sometimes they just send you a form letter. So, you know, I've got a lot of rejection letters, no matter how good the book was, but the manuscript was. But you get a lot of rejection. But I heard one author say that until you get enough rejection letters to, pay, to, to paper a wall, you know, you just keep sending it out. I didn't wait that long. And, and a, 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 an example is with Francis's book. I sent it out to agents, and I was recommended to what agents to send it out to. First, I sent the query, and everybody would say, oh, I like this. Let me, you know, let me see the proposal. I wrote a proposal, which was like a long, you know, chapter by chapter, how I intended to publish the book, how, I mean, how I intended to promote the book and so forth, what we were planning to do to, uh, to promote the book. And, uh, and so I did that, and that was taking a long time. And as I said, Frances said, um, you know, can you get this book out before I die? She was like 89, oh. you know, at the time. So I sent it out to different places. And, and what I realized is that publishers will not take your book unless they know they can make a profit, unless they can, unless they can actually get it out there and they can make a profit from it because they're not just doing it for, the, for, for, the, for their own sake or anything like that. No matter how good the book is, if they, can't, if they feel they can't make a sale, they can't sell that book, then, you know, then they just come back and reject you and so forth. So I sent Francis's book out to a lot of places, you know, query, uh, query, the proposal, the chapter and all the rest of this stuff. And so finally, I, this is, I didn't wait until I had a wall full of rejections. What I did <laughs> is that after a while I went to another, I went to, there are all types of publishing places, like there are vanity publishers uh, there are uh, publishers that, like iUniverse, you pay them to publish your book. So eventually I went with uh, someone to, to publish, you know, pay to p- have the book published and everything. And so it's out there. But then what happened was, and I, I published another book through iUniverse, so another uh, another company in which you, you pay them and they will publish your book. They'll evaluate it. Some, I think the thing about about iUniverse is some of those companies that they will they will do an evaluation of your book. They will evaluate it. They will um, give you recommendations on how to change it and so forth. So uh, and you know whereas there's some that'll just publish it. They don't they don't care what it looks like or anything like that. But you have to do the promoting. So what happened eventually was that that uh, after I had gone with with one of the other companies that you pay uh, the what is the print on demand. And the good thing about a print-on-demand is that you don't end up with a thousand books in your in your garage, because I, I I ended up with a lot of thousand books in my garage. <laughs> Whereas print-on-demand, you you um, uh, you only buy whatever you want to, what you know the number that you want to. What inspired me to start my own publishing company is that I felt that I could do it. I wanted to see whether or not I could publish my own work. So I started that. I started, uh, you know, doing research, and I went through the whole process of publish of of 
the process of publishing your own company, including uh, uh, trying to get uh, uh, printers. You know, so you go print, you go through the whole print, you go through the whole process. So I learned about publishing, and I learned how to put together a book and get it published. You know, on my own, not not going through the like the Amazon route. I went the I went my own way at first. You know, to learn how to do it. And then I, I started my own publishing company because I found that that was easier to just, I can do all this other work, but at the same time, to get it out to the public and to get it out widely distributed, uh, uh, I had to go through a, a place like um, uh, Kendall Publishing, you know, and, and in, Ingram Sparks has a publishing arm. And so that's, so what led me to start my own publishing company is I felt I can do it and I didn't want to have to go through that whole process of going through to traditional publishers because sometimes they'll shelve your book if they accept it or you, they, or you get rejections. So if you really want your book out there, sometimes it's better to go through, through with the other types of publishing. So I want to circle back a little bit to talking about your plays. Uh -huh. I know you've written a few plays and then you said there was one play that led to your picture book called The Big Table. Right. So what would you say are the challenges of writing a play compared to writing a novel? Like, what are some different things you have to look for when you're mm -hmm. writing a play compared to writing a novel? Yeah, a, a play is mostly dialogue. Mm -hmm. And so you really have to have an ear as to, you know, how people speak and how they react to each other and so forth. When I had to turn, because Big Table was just was you know just a really small play, a small you know thing to turn that into a play was that wasn't that difficult. But uh, uh, but I had written several other plays that I have not really pushed to have it produced or anything like that. So uh, but in order to write a play, you know, not only do you have dialogue, but you also have stage directions. You have um, there are other things that you have to put in in writing a play as opposed to as opposed to writing a novel. When you write a novel, you can go all over the place. You can go, you, you can do different settings and so forth. You can do, you can do that with a play, but you can't go too far out, mm -hmm. you know. And, but, and plus, when you're writing a play, to produce a play or, or a screenplay or whatever, you have to think about your, your, your uh, director. Because your director might take it in a different different direction. Your, your director might say, I want this person to do such and such when they're doing it. When you're writing a novel, you could say, okay, the person smokes a lot and they smoke all over the place and they're smoking <laughs> and, 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 and how it's affecting everybody else. When you write a play, you have to be, you know, as I said, everything has to be in dialogue form. You can put some stage directions in it. But you're not the director might not necessarily listen to your directions or anything like that or your characters. As I said, I have written plays, but uh, but but I've, I I prefer to write a novel, and I also prefer to write adult novels and everything <laughs> because then I don't have to worry about uh, my 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 vocabulary and I don't have to worry about you know uh, some of the restrictions that happen when you're writing children's books or when you're writing a play and so forth. So I can mm. take it anywhere I want to. So what books or authors would you say have been a big influence on your writing? Yeah, that's I read a lot. <laughs> so <laughs> I and that's 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 something I think that that that's recommended if you're going to be an author, you got to read. Mm -hmm. You have to read and you have to read and you should read in all different areas. You shouldn't just read just one type, you know, certain types of books, but but you should be well read because that that shows in your writing. I I was influenced by um, I like I like mysteries. I like well-written mysteries. And 
I, you know, I, I like British authors, female mm. authors. There are several writers that, that, I, that I like. I'm trying to think of, of African-American writers that, of course, I uh, Toni Morrison for sure. And, uh, and I've read Alice Walker and I've read, um, oh, God, I've read a lot of African-American writers. But as I said, I'm really influenced by the British writers because they do a lot of character development. They do a lot of characters, and and I like the way they write their stories. It's not just a really quick. They have they have subplots. They have sub subplots. They have all <laughs> of these, and it gets really intriguing. Uh, there's one author that I really liked, and that's Ruth Ruth Rundell. Yeah, Ruth Rundell. She takes just ordinary situations, ordinary people, and so forth, but then she develops it into a mystery, just short stories or novels and so forth. I have read Stephen Carter. He's a mystery writer. I haven't been able to find many of his his. I like Walter Mosley. He's influenced me also, and and Chester Himes, who was influenced by you know Mosley. There's so many writers because, as I said, I I read widely. I read a lot of books, different books. What about Agatha Christie? Oh. Have you read her before? I I watch her on PBS. Oh, nice. <laughs> I have read I have read Agatha Christie too. So I know audiobooks and ebooks have really gained popularity, especially during COVID when right. people are stuck at home. Yeah. So do you see a future for print books? Do you think physical books will ever go obsolete, or do you think there will always be some sort of market for them? I think there's always a market for, for print books. Because um, print books really allow you, there's such a wide variety of print books. And I think that some people just prefer print books to hold the book in its, their hands and, and flip through the pages and so forth and go back and, and, and uh, you know, and go back and go over something and maybe copy a passage or something. Uh, I have heard audiobooks. I used to listen to a lot of, uh, before they became, before they called them audiobooks, where, you know, you got the cassette and you put it in oh, your yes. CDs and you listen to those as you drive. And I, I heard an excellent audiobook uh, book that the last one I listened to was Blacktop. I've forgotten who the author was, but it's an excellent, excellent uh, book. And, and of course, I, I have read ebooks. I do write, read ebooks too. Uh, but I so I like them all: audiobooks, ebooks. They have and print books. Right now, I'm reading P.D. James' Lighthouse, The Lighthouse, and that's a print book, and I'm in, I'm really enjoying that one too. Yeah, I know you have a, a few of your books on Biblioboard, which is right. one of yeah. our library's online uh, or e-resources. So mm-hmm. I'm glad that. People can also access your books in different formats as well. Oh, well, that's, I'm, I'm glad. And I'd like to turn one of the books, I'd like to do an audio book, but I know that in order to do an audio book, you have to have the uh, equipment. <laughs> you have to have a, a, a place with a little noise, you know, so you have to. So I would like to do an audio book too. I know some people record in their uh in their closet because oh, right. it's such a small compact space yes. and you can't hear the background noise. So yes. Some people like to record that way, I've heard. Yeah, I've, I've been, I'm looking into it. I went to a workshop with Inlandia where the man was talking oh. about audiobooks and he was and he was even talking about having a coach or a director so oh. that as he was recording it he always has a has somebody in there that's that's telling him what he you know and and kind of guiding him i'd never thought about that but uh, but i am interested in doing audiobooks cuz they're you know they're important i've also i think at one of the uh 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 
one of the conferences I went to or, or festivals that I went to, and a lady had, well, she was visually handicapped, and so she asked me about audiobooks. And several people have said, I have an honor, or, or someone who wants, who, who uh, does not like to read, but they like to listen to books. And so, and so they're encouraging you to have audiobooks as well. So I think in, in, in terms of your library, you should, in, you know, as an author, you should think very seriously about audiobooks as well as ebooks. What would you say is your favorite part of being an author? And is there any aspect of being an author that you don't like? Uh, my favorite part of being an author, I think, is writing. I like, to, I, like to, I like to create the characters. I like to create the situations and so forth. And I also like to meet people because as an author, I do go to conferences. I go to workshops. I go to festivals and so forth. And Wonderful. I get to meet a lot of people. And that's a really, really enjoyable part. You know, not just trying to sell my books, but just talking to people. I think that's really good. The uh, aspect of being a, an author that, that's kind of problematic for me is that I, I'm not out there promoting my book and marketing and doing all of those things. I did it when I first started, <laughs> but I'm becoming uh, less and less enthusiastic about um, uh, attending a lot of places where they in, uh, where I have, I have a vendor table and they charge a lot of money for the vendor table and you maybe you sell one book. That's one oh, book. Oh. <laughs> I know. I've gone on a cruise with a writer's cruise wow. at one point and all of us writers are wondering why the people on the boat are not coming to the ship or <laughs> not coming down to buy our books and we were just change, exchanging our books. So uh, and, and it was because whoever had put put it together had not bothered to let the people on board know that we're... <laughs> oh. so, so it was a struggle, you know. So I said, I won't do that again, you know. Wow. Well, you're so well-known in the community, you know. I feel... I think, I think like what you said about you getting to meet so many people. Yeah. And I think that kind of markets your books itself, if that makes sense. Yeah. Because so many people know you. And are getting to know your books, oh, so. so you gain like a, a following. Is what, is what that I mean. would be nice. <laughs> that would be nice. Yeah. What advice would you give to someone who is interested in becoming a published author? They're not sure where to begin. They're kind of afraid to take the leap. So, what advice would you give to someone? I think that uh, if you have a story, if you have something, whether it's a biography or or an autobiography is something that you really you really feel passionate about. I think you don't give up. You know, don't give up. And you know, if you get if you're sending the traditional way and you can get rejection slips, uh, remember that uh, that uh, you know there are all these really famous authors that have so many rejection slips. It's not funny, but they eventually went. Mm. They went. They 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 followed through. The most important thing I think is to keep writing. Don't give up. Uh, uh, if if you feel passionate about it, don't stop because there's there's there are people out there who do who who are in need of what you're writing, what you're writing about, and uh, I am you know, and so I would always say just keep going. If you want to be a published author, there are different ways. You can go the traditional way, but you can also go the self-publishing way too. And there are all kinds of uh, tools out there and all kinds of. Uh, places that you can go to get your work out. But the most important thing also, if you're going to be a published author, don't pay a lot of money to get it <laughs> published, you know, because sometimes I've had people who have published, you know, pay to get published, but then they can't sell their books. Oh, no. So, uh, and they've given them away or something like that. I think I've got oh. books like that myself, you know. Oh. But, uh, but, but it's just important to do your homework. If you want to be a published author, 
research, read, definitely read a lot, and definitely get an editor, whatever you've read, and don't stop, just uh, as Francis would say, just do it. <laughs> and that was really important for me, to just do it. Thank you so much, Anna, for your time and sure. being here on the podcast. Um, so I want to tell our listeners to please save the date. We will be having our annual Writers Expo on Saturday, November 5. So you will get the opportunity to meet Anna Christian and all kinds of other authors who will have their booths and talking about their books. So we hope you can join us for our Writers Expo at the Moreno Valley Public Library main branch on Saturday, November 5 at 10 a.m. So thank you again, Anna. Sure, this has been a pleasure. Really a pleasure. And thank you so much for You're the invitation. Welcome. Thank you so much. views expressed in this podcast do not necessarily represent the opinions or policies of the City of Moreno Valley, the Moreno Valley Public Library System, or Library Systems and Services.